When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Thank you for listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please support the show by subscribing to and leaving a five-star rating for the show on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and any of your favorite podcast platforms. You can also support the show by going to our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, where there's always exciting articles by the BNG writing staff. While you're there, don't forget to click on the fanatics.com banner for a great sports fan shopping experience. Are you, are you done yet? We're fans welcome back to the black and gold hockey podcast it is august 30th 2020 and we're recording uh episode 192 uh brought to you by betonline.ag go to betonline.ag and use code clns50 please and speaking of please i'm gonna uh bounce off of that and segue right into please welcome my co-host heather ingerson heather what's happening my friend Hello, Mark. How are you this week? Not hockey-related, but otherwise, how was your week? It was good. It was uh, outside of the hockey. It was good. It's another week alive, breathing, and uh, doing my thing with the uh, the whole company and blah, blah, blah. So uh, it was good, you know. It's just uh, getting ready for another week as it is Sunday, and, you know, uh, next week is just another grind. But after that, it's a three-day weekend, which I'm kind of stoked about. Can you believe it? Labor Day is here already. I know. Thank this... God. That means 2020 is almost over. I can't yeah. wait to see what nuttiness happens in 2021. Yeah. This, as shitty as this year has been for humanity. I mean, just yeah. it's not just one area. It's everybody <laughs> in the world, on the planet right now. And, 
you know, this is the year has gone by pretty friggin' fast. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to just just getting everything back to normal whenever that happens. But uh, we don't want to talk about that. No, we, I was gonna say I was joking with someone the other day. Remember what, at the beginning, everyone kept going, "Oh, it's the Roaring Twenties." It's not the Roaring Twenties. That's the 1920s. But at least the 1920s had enough sense to have bathtub gin and gangsters and all the craziness of the Roaring Twenties <laughs> before they had it, like the world shut down. But part of that was a reaction for they were the ones that came out of the last time this kind of crazy shit happened. So, yeah, on with it, humanity. Like you said, hurrah, we survived another week as a world. How was your week? Do? Before we get going. It was all right, you know, same thing, go to work, take some bike rides or whatever, walk. I like to try and be outside. You know me, I like shade, but I'll be outside all day long, so I'll be outside when I can, work, whatever. Nice. You know, nice. Watch the bro. All right, yeah. Well, we <laughs> might as well just jump right into it. But before we do that, I do want to talk about our exclusive uh, show sponsor, betonline.ag. Sports keep coming back, and so does your chance to bet on them with our exclusive wagering partner, BetOnline.ag. Major League Baseball is coming, is back. Hockey's back. Basketball's back. Golf is back, and we're getting ready for more sports to return in the upcoming fall and uh, the start of 2021. But there's no shortage of ways to get in the action. BetOnline has the odds, futures, and props for you to bet on. As the sports start to return, BetOnline.ag has sat down with Eddie George from the NFL, Robert Ory, seven-time NBA champ, and Harold Reynolds from Major League Baseball to get their opinions on what it would be like playing without fans and what they have called Fandemic. Visit BetOnline.ag today and check out all the odds and up-to-date sports news. Don't forget to sign up and take advantage of all the welcome back to sports bonuses. And please use... Code CLNS50 when you go to betonline.ag and sign up for a free account. We would certainly appreciate it. That's CLNS50. Betonline.ag, your online wagering experts. All right, so let's start with our uh, agenda because we do have a a pretty extensive uh, list of topics to go over as uh, the uh, Boston Bruins are currently in the second round of the National Hockey League 2020 playoffs. So, Heather, why don't we get started with uh, with that agenda? Okay, well, we don't really want to talk a lot, a lot about games, but we thought that maybe Game 1 is something to talk about because Game 1 was the only game of the four games this week that the Bruins actually looked like the Bruins, right? So um, we won 3-1. to one. To which I thought looked like a good effort. You know, you come out swinging. Everyone was like, oh, but, you know, Tampa Bay isn't Carolina. And I think unless you're an idiot, you know Tampa Bay isn't Carolina. So uh, I think we looked good. Uh, Coyle, of course, I mean, he's on thing. We, um, who else scored? Marshawn scored. Pasta scored. And Hedman scored two goals, I think, in the third to make Tampa go, oh. And there's that couple minutes at the end near the Bruins game where Bruins fan starts going, okay, still four and a half minutes left. Why is this happening? (laughs) Like, you know, kind of thing. But we won. Overall, good game. Were you feeling good on Sunday after we beat Tampa? Were you feeling good inside as a Bruins fan? Yeah? Yeah, I was feeling pretty good. I I mean, I kind of knew that this was going to be one of those series that the the two best teams are going to just battle it out as they did in the regular season uh, concerning the standings. So 
Um, yeah, I mean, I kind of knew this was going to happen. I didn't exactly know that they were going to truck over Carolina. I, I, you know, I was totally wrong on that. I had the Bruins as a, as a diehard fan winning the series, but I just thought that when you look over the other side, the offense and the, and the skill that that team had in the Hurricanes, um, that they would have put up a, um, a better effort. But regardless, the Bruins move on, but it's been tough. It's been tough after this game because... You know, they, they go in and they just, to me, just did, didn't show the effort needed to uh, get back in the series. But I'm sure we're going to talk about well, that. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're going to get to that part. But this game overall was pretty even, right? Our power play was still boom. But our PK has been pretty awesome. Unfortunately, they've had to work a lot. But game one was pretty much what you would want a Boston-Tampa series. Like, you're like, yeah, here we go. This is the series because... I think as a hockey fan, you should be rooting for a seven-game Tampa-Boston series. I mean, maybe not after watching our team play the last couple games, but generally one would want this to happen. So, um, yeah, but not a lot of stupid penalties or anything like that. Of course, you know, bitching about officiating. Officiating, whatever. You can't win on that way either way. Uh, then we went to game two. Yeah, uh, we we lost in overtime four to three. Not our best effort, but still not a shit show, right? Like, you know, we had our issues. Uh, I think that might have been the... No, was that the game? I don't know. That might have been the really horrid game, game three. I don't know. It's all blended together. But if you go back to game two, uh, Nick Ritchie actually scored a goal, which is funny because when we get to Nick Ritchie later, it makes you wonder, why is Nick Ritchie one of the ones scoring and not some people, you know people that you would expect more to be fall in the Tampa series being our snipers. Uh, but I guess that's probably the one good positive thing we can say about Nick Ritchie this week. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Uh, yeah, good. You, yeah. you did something it's during the Tampa series. Small sample size right there, my friend. Uh, right. So Nick Ritchie had scored in that one. Blake Coleman had even did up, you know, Brad Marshawn came back, Kucherov, of course, then Blake Coleman, then Marshawn again. Marshawn is one of our only like top end players that is doing his job. Uh, to the fullest, you know what I mean? Like he's certainly had his moments uh, and I'm sure we'll talk about it. How, how many times can we should have buried the net on this goaltender, this kind of goaltender when you have to bury it and we haven't, but that's all right. Uh, and then Palat, who, uh, when we discuss what's going wrong with this team, he's probably one of the biggest things going wrong with this team is our refusal to cover Palat, who can clearly beat Halak and your defense and everyone else on his own team on this. So, uh, but anyway, still, we lost in overtime. I wasn't feeling too, like, okay, whatever. Game three is going to be awesome. Game three is going to be tough. Game three is going to be apparently the worst game the Boston Bruins are going to play this season because everything, everything about Wednesday's game three was wrong. Now, we will specifically, I know you want to talk about goaltending. That's your thing anyways. But just in a general sense, we won't talk about it now, but I personally am going to state if you are going to put Dan Vladar in this game, having him have to come in for his first NHL game after a team is shelling a veteran goaltender whose defense isn't protecting him, maybe not the best idea. Like, I understand you had to pull him, but this idea that they were suddenly going to be playing better defense just because Halak wasn't in there, you know what I mean? That was, if you were going to put him in for the back-to-back or whatever, you should have just been putting him in for the back-to-back. That was That's just my thought on that whole process but everything was everything was tampa now game stat wise the game before they did outshoot us and they generally outplayed us but there were moments we looked like us right 
But let's go really bad. Seven to one. Let's just look at these numbers for a second. Now, it's not we weren't shooting because we were. We just couldn't put the puck in the net, right? Stupid, stupid penalties around. Penalties that may or may not have been penalties. Whatever. It, it was crappy all around. Tampa owned the Bruins' ass on game three. Owned them from about five minutes into that. Well, the first period wasn't so bad. It was like, mm, oh, I don't really like this. Then it got real bad real quick and never came back. And sometimes even the best teams can't come back. But you know what they didn't do yesterday that they were supposed to do? They didn't come back swinging like they should have for game four, the most pivotal game, especially when you play in a powerhouse. Like this is a you should expect seven games if you want to win this series kind of series. And I don't know about you, even though we only lost by two goals, Tampa has literally scored most of the goals that have been scored this week. That concerns me. We can't finish. Yeah, yeah. We can't finish. No, you mentioned the shots. The shots are there, but they're not, in my opinion, quality shots against a a Vasilevsky type of goaltender. That guy, I love that behind the the um, the net cam because you can see this goaltender move, and it is it. He's quick and he's big. He's awesome. He's awesome, and he's probably gonna win the Vezina, Vesna. However you spell it. I got roasted for that this week. Listen, I say it both ways because it cracks me up. (laughs) As far as I know, it's the Venza trophy. All right. Vezna. 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 Anything I know about how you may pronounce that, I think it's Vezna, and that's how I hear most people who are in hockey say it. People do say Vezina, and I do both because... Who knows, right? I told the so, person. I told the person that freaking called me out on it. That's like I. I talk like shit anyway, so don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, Vezina is how it's spelled, at least in my mind. So l- yesterday, this is the thing that this is why Tampa's losing. Because again, yesterday wasn't the most horrible effort. Better than Game Three, but as good as Game Four should have been. No, okay, but. We had 30 shots, they had 26. But it doesn't matter if you can't put it in the net, okay? Everyone's tingling or shooting. like they, Or, as we'll get to, I'm sure this has been annoying you because it seems to be annoying anyone I know who likes hockey. Can you just shoot the puck? You don't need the perfect pass. You don't need to hold it an extra three seconds so Vasilevsky can square up and block the shot. Like, just shoot, sorry. Uh, we had 65% of the face-off wins, which is great if – you win the game. Uh, giveaways, we were even with them. They took away 12 and we only took away four. So that was indicative of some of the problems yesterday. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we lost. So now we're looking at, we're going to go into the rest of the schedule uh, with being down three to one. And uh, someone said, have uh, on Twitter this morning, said, have we ever come back from three to one? And then Maria from Watertown said, No, but tomorrow's a good day to start. And I said, thank you, Maria, for the positivity, because I am a very negative person, not like in general, but just, you know me, I'm a pessimist. I'm like, yeah, whatever. I'm a realist. I'm like, yeah, okay. But sports is the only thing, because it's the great equalizer, that you can have hope. Your team, who should not be last year's Tampa team this year, and I would like to point out, if we lose, we will still have gone out in the second round and not the first in a sweep. We did win a game. Thank you. That's so, true. That's uh, true. Before, though, we get to, like, talking to the nitty-gritty, just the general what the hell's going on with this team kind of talk, did you want to do the... I did. I did want to also mention that we have a new sponsor, and this is uh, going to be a segment uh, that we're going to work on 
for the next couple of weeks. Hopefully the Bruins stay in because this is very relevant to uh, the Bees sticking around in these playoffs. So hopefully they do turn it around and we can uh, continue talking about them. But we are now in a partnership with Burner Sports. And it's it's kind of like a fantasy sports thing, but it, it's it's um it's it's totally different. It's very unique. Sports is back. Burner Sports is an entirely new way for you to win big while being able to cheer on your favorite teams and players. Go to burnersports.com and sign up to choose from the customized contest and win cash, prizes, tickets, and more. Burner Sports is a new and exciting way for you to engage with your uh, favorite Boston sports teams. Burner Sports offers free daily contests where you can win cash and other awesome prizes simply by answering questions and making predictions about your favorite hometown teams. Sign up today at burnersports.com and give them a follow on Facebook at Burner Sports Fantasy and on Instagram at Burner Sports. Now this is a very, like I said in that little ad read there, it's a, it's a unique type of fantasy sports. You go, and I, I do the same thing. When they reach out to me, and this is how I work with, with, with our sponsors. When they reach out to me, I always go in and, and do my investigation and so on. So I can get familiar with them while I'm talking about them. But I signed up for an account, and it's really easy. Very easy to do. Burnersports.com. And, uh, and, and just check that out. So you, can cho- you choose your favorite city, and you, you, you can make predictions on on uh, that particular category. I chose Boston because we cover the Boston Bruins. So you go in there and you just answer like 10 questions. And if you happen to get those 10 questions right, you win the prize. But somebody else could be that too because they have a whole list of people that are getting involved. So it's kind of like, you know, if you're at the top of the mountain and you're still, you know, hey, I mean, questions like, will Joachim Nordstrom have uh, five hits in a game? Or would he block five shots? Uh, will to harass stop 30 uh, shots, you know, and so on. Just really easy questions about the particular game and sport, and, and it's fun. I had a good time. I won 25 bucks, and my second time doing it was crazy. So uh, I highly suggest going to Burner Sports. These guys are a new website, that, and they're building, and uh, they're working with us, and we want to get the word out to them. So um, go check them out, support them, and, uh, and have fun. And above all, have fun, because this is really going to be a cool unique style of fantasy sports where uh, you can get really engaged uh, in not just one way, but like 10 different ways um, with these questions that they throw out. So we're happy to be partnership with them. And like I said, hopefully the Bruins keep going and uh, you know, I still want to see them go to the Stanley cup as, as that's the ultimate goal, but that would just continue our partnership and, and so on. But we'll still work. We'll still mention if they can go to Red Sox and Celtics and stuff like that, if we get kicked out. But no, I ha- so, no, seriously, happy to have them aboard. That's really cool. And yeah. go check them out. Yeah. And like you said, we're going to work more on how to incorporate them into uh, the show as we go forward. But just wanted to get uh, the partnership started. Um, speaking of that, um, before we get to like, w- before we go into the really dark place of, um, you know, the team, <laughs> let's talk about... I. Before we get into this, this is not a way to be political or anything else, but we got to talk about how, you know, this week, sports and pausing and all that. Uh, But I know, Mark, like, it's very important. Like, we are not political and we don't believe human rights issues and things like that are political. And this is just obviously important because there's 
movement going in our country and moments happening in the sport. So uh, before game three uh, or the day of game three uh, on Wednesday, uh, was it Wednesday or Tuesday? Uh, well, anyways, um, I'm sure by now everyone, Jacob Blake and was shot seven times by the cops last week in Kenosha, Wisconsin. There's been a lot of stuff going on all over the country about this. But the NBA chose to not play their games. A few baseball teams and a few ML, uh, MLS teams chose not to play on Wednesday. And hockey was... So this kind of set before we get to what actually happened and what the HDA had, you know, came out with uh, was finally their pledge was released to the public to look at, you know, and whatever uh, the Hockey Diversity Alliance, if for those who don't know, uh, and talk about how sports uh, just a little bit about sports and was this the right call, not the right call and how this really I wanted to talk about it because I had all over on Twitter was everyone doing the. I'm so disappointed because the NHL is the only league playing or whatever. And then there was this lady or girl, I don't know, whatever. She's probably, she looks like maybe she's in her twenties. I don't know about social media etiquette and I don't really care because until six weeks ago, I didn't even have social media and I don't care because I don't use it to necessarily whatever. So anyway, she got in a tizzy and it's fine. I'm not, I'm not trashing this girl. I'm just saying what led to me think about a lot of things about how we as humans can help like athletes got to do their part, but we as citizens can do our part. So anyway, she got pissed because I called her on it and basically blamed me on like, I, it was bad hockey, whatever. And I'm not mad at her. I drew there. Uh, I'll, I wasn't going to maybe say her name, but I will say her name because she's hockey with Hannah. She's very popular. No, what I was going to say is that she's a young writer and I'm all for supporting women. So I'm not, I'm not trashing that. What I'm saying is it got me thinking that we as citizens are starting, I think, to even people we do agree with and people on our side are turning in. Let's not do that. Let's think about so the sports, it was a big deal, right? And so my point was, like, so, like if we're going to be mad, that's fine. But, like, for me, personally, sports being canceled or not, it's not about, yes, you get the attention for that minute. But, like, what are we going to do in this moment? And I, the NHL did not cancel their games that night. But they did talk after the player initiated a pause for two days, which I think things coming from the players and then using their position with thoughtful kind of, you know, whatever is going to be more effective in the long run to help, uh, you know, whatever, just whatever cause going on. So um, I just wanted to mention uh, the HDA put out uh, like an eight statement kind of pledge. I'm not going to read the whole thing. You can see it. You've probably seen on there, but um, I just wanted to mention on some of the things that they're asking because I feel like it's a good way to start. I think that we're in a place where everyone wants positive change, no matter whatever your feelings are on things, but we don't really have a plan to action. So like for me, I think like as citizens, what are the things we can do? We can vote. We can make sure polling places are available. We can start community groups to have community discussions, to make change in our own communities. And these athletes can do some things that are a little bigger. But I do have to say that the NHL, you know, of course, all the players and teams put out their statements of, you know, we're supporting this. And as much as the NHL got bashed about not canceling their games, I'd also like to point out, and I think Ryan Reeves did a great job when they walked in that conference room a couple days ago to articulate, at least for the NHL players, that no one's asking anybody to be an advocate for everything all the time. But some of these things they're asking in this pledge, I think are very attainable goals. Do you know what I mean? Um, 
simply expanding your uh, executives from to 3.5% being a minority or whatever, you know what I mean? Things like that is something that the league can make meaningful steps to back up their words, not just empty, you know, I'm not saying they want it to be empty, but I also think it's dangerous when people just come off the cuff, you know, uh, expanding like people in the, you know, from coaches to players or whatever accessibility. These are all things I think that, you know, I know everyone wants action, but I like to see places making real meaningful, um, I guess plans, do you know what I mean? Like how to attain your progress. So I'm just saying as much as we love sports, we're obsessed with sports, right? It is not sports job to be the social commentators, but as good citizens, if they want and they should use their platform to stimulate real attainable change, do you know what I mean? Because everything can't happen all at once. But my point is, is with all the real world shit, COVID, whatever, everything going on in this kind of thing, let's not lose sight of what we're actually trying to do, right? By attacking each other. Let's listen. Let's say, hey, like, all right, I work in a youth sports organization. How can I help translate some of these goals, say, from the HD and other community organizations to stimulate change? Because in the real world, Twitter is not the real world. Facebook is not the real world. It's not enough to just be mad about something on there. It's also important that, those that have power like athletes or celebrities or somebody use their platform to actually make real change, not just be outraged for the minute. Like everyone keeps saying, not a moment, like it's a movement. And in order to do that, I think we should all kind of reflect on what we can do. You know, if you have whatever is going on in your own community, because of, you know, run for your local boards, whatever you need to do. But I think, I just, I'm not going to read the whole thing. It's awesome. But there's eight points, basically hockey pledge. Everybody should go and look at it and really examine uh, and see. And also as fans of the sport, I would like us to, if the players are on board and they've talked, you know what I mean? And they're, they're willing to help initiate these and really in their communities in which they represent as players go out and make meaningful change. I know there's a lot of leagues, NBA and stuff. They're trying to, maybe make their sports centers polling places so there's a larger access, things like that. We as fans need to hold the NHL or the NBA or the MLB or whatever if we truly want our sports platform to mean something in the big world. We need to hold our leagues accountable to follow through, not just empty promises to help these athletes create these environments. That's all I wanted to say about that. I personally am more proud that the NHL's players came together and made a statement from them. Um, I think, do I think it would have been more powerful if on Wednesday the NBA players did play, but took over that mic for the first hour and let them, you know, say what they needed to say? Would it have been more powerful if everyone in hockey took a knee or whatever anybody expects them to do? Stop telling each other how to be allies. Yes, but they didn't. But I thought listening to Ryan Reeves speak was way more impactful than not playing the game. And that's just for me. So that's all I wanted to say about that. I know it's weird to transition, but we did have a two-day pause. It was a big deal thing that went on in sports this weekend. It would just be remiss to not mention it. So do what you need to do. Just be good citizens and be good humans to each other. And let's work it out together and not, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Not it, just it's, ignore it. it. It's it's tough. And, um, and it, I just... It's 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 just disgusting how everything 
uh, as a citizen of the United States and what we're going through, the diversity and so on. It's just it just seems to be getting worse, and um, I'm not happy about what I'm seeing. Uh, you know, it, it's it's a scary situation, and but I also don't want to comment much further on it because the fact is that uh, social media is a is a dumpster fire. And uh, if you don't agree or if you agree or disagree, you, your words are going to get taken out of context anyway. So why bother, you know? But I do understand that the the message does have to get out there. And, and yeah. I'm not very good at speaking about this stuff because, I, you know, my anxiety goes through the friggin' roof when I see stuff like this. And it's actually happening where I live. Um, yeah. And it's troubling. And I'm not a very good, like I said, I'm not a good speaker about all of this stuff, but... It's just going to stop, and I just, I don't know what to say. I honestly just get to a point where I don't have words enough to, like, comprehend what's going on. I'm in awe. It's like, stop, you know, but that's not just not enough. But I just want to move on, and I'm sorry for everybody that's gone through this and and uh, family members and friends, and uh, it's just disgusting, and I just can't, I can't handle it, so... Someone asked me about the other day, and I said, see, this is why I don't understand, like, I understand why what's going on is going on, meaning, like, people being pit and pro and, like, all that. I get that, because in order to have the society we want, we have to demand that. That's how a democratic republic, if, like, you know, it's not going the way we want. But not just our voices. Like I said, we have to also start a community if you have you know whatever you have gangs in your community or whatever even we live in suburbia right so what some towns are more diverse than others why can't you start a diversity call and that's why i'm like again i will never like that i wasn't upset about because i know my truth because i've started diversity community like years ago not when it was easy not saying it's easy now but what i'm saying it's a lot more acceptable to be accepting of people of different races religions whatever now even which is what makes me the most sad is to see this because i have one tribe that's the i'm an american and my citizens and my fellow citizens and my fellow citizens and it that's it and like you said we just want everybody to take a breath not just use words but use action and we want everyone to be healthy and safe and move on and that's not to minimize that's just to not get on but it was a big deal in sports generally like i said and we didn't really you know you don't want to get into it but you don't want to avoid it either so that's all we're saying about that now it seems weird we're going to swing back to hockey but my big thing is everyone go and read the hdas what they're asking of the league so we as fans can hold them accountable to help the players uh of that coalition uh current and former and whoever and help them expand their coalition so that we get the society we want right nice so there you go all right um so I, I think that's positive, but I understand that it can go either way. But now we have to circle back to the Bruins. After all, this is the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. So, Mark, uh, I'm going to let you – let's start about the goaltending. You had it as two different things, but I just summarized here. So your first point was, what has happened to Yaroslav? What did you want to, for the goaltending, uh, talk about? Yeah, that? I just – uh, I'm going to let you lead that. I absolutely way, don't understand what the hell is going on with this guy. Um you know, I will definitely talk about emotions in the bubble later on, but uh, it just I just don't get it. I mean, this is the the next guy up when when you know your starter, you know, is not around. So um, his glove hand is absolutely terrible. He's way out of position. 
Um, I don't know what happened. Uh, I mean, we saw some glimpses of... I mean, he hasn't been great throughout any of these playoffs. I mean, even even when he got the win, it was it was ugly. So, um, I don't know what's going on, and I'm not I'm not proud of what I'm seeing. It's just uh, that one A one B mentality is is not right now. It, this is a one A and one C. It's just it's 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 disturbing, but. I got to tell you, and are we going to talk about the rest of the team later on? Because I'll stop right now. Yeah, that's what I thought we would start with goaltending because you had had, obviously, you want to talk about that. And obviously, poor Dan Vladeshvladar in his debut. But just, we'll talk about the rest of the team because I, although Yarrow has his fair share of how he's been playing, it it, it is when they say the goalie is on the island by himself, this goalie has been on the island by himself. Yeah, but, uh, if you want, we can talk about defense and with uh, Yarrow, or I didn't know if you wanted to comment about, can everyone just stop with the Dan Vladar hate, the Vladesh hate over a period and a half of yeah, hockey that he inherited. With we'll, we'll go to the team. Let's, let's just, we're not breaking it down into, into uh, defense and, and forwards. The, the, it's been crap in front. It's been absolutely crap. There's no support. Uh, and it's not saying that the goaltending isn't to blame either, but the team in front of them is, has been very disappointing in my opinion. Um, and it's just, it's, it's frustrating because they just don't look like they're into it. They look like they've checked out physically, mentally, and it's just, I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that because it's 2020 and this has been a shit show of a year you know this these people aren't they're not near their families and i don't give a shit what people say about that you know they've oh they've had 5 months to be with their families they can you know spend a couple months you know then no 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 this is this is a grind this is an absolute grind when you guys get to, when when people get to this level of hockey it's a huge grind and it's important to have family members close by. I know there's stretches of road games and so on, but it's nothing like this. The separation is totally different. You need family members to like mentally recover sometimes from the stress levels that these guys go through playing in the NHL. It's fun. It's exciting to get to that point, but it's stressful on your body and your mind. So, um, it, I just don't understand the the, the fact that it, just because they the narrative is just so frustrating when you when you hear it that they've had all this time off and they're a bunch of babies. I almost said something I shouldn't have said, but I was, gonna, I was um, say, it's not even so much the um I'm I know a lot of it is the family, but I think you hit the nail on the head when you're like this is how they distress is doing these other things, and I don't know if they underestimated needing to have more wit. So you have them all stuck in the bubble. Makes sense. Everyone signed on board. Great. Um, but a few of the players have commented on how, you know, normally go home, you get away from hockey. I know the teams are doing their best and the NHL is doing their best to try and do like movies and try to get them out golfing if they can, things like that. But there's not enough, right? And I think especially because they did were at home and there was a lot of, I already did the video game or whatever. So the things they would normally use on the road or whatever to help distract and not being with the family to depress is not decompress after a big game. So like this week, right? So game three, right? Because Yaro's driving me nuts in this way. He is saving all the shots he needs to mostly, right? 
But the goals he's giving up that are solely on him are the stupid ones that he's been stopping since score at level hockey kind of thing, right? But the defense has been a big thing, and I'll say it right now. So, like, everyone hates Tory Krug now. Everyone, good, don't resign. And I'm not saying Tory's not playing like crap. But you know what at least Tory's not doing, who also is away from his wife and his young daughter and everything else? At least he has a fucking pulse. And even if he is getting a game misconduct when he shouldn't be, this and that, at least he's trying. Defensively, he has sucked, but he has been trying still to fucking pull everyone together on that front end when he's on the ice. He has not been perfect. And Brandon Carlo, I do not know what is going on with Brandon Carlo. He has been our most consistent defensive player all year, just even keel. You know what I mean? Like, and he's struggling, struggling hard. And when you have Krug and Carlo together and say they're both struggling, obviously that pairing is going to look like crap. But the yesterday or Tori, one of those goals. He's like trying, he's on the boards trying to get the puck goes out. We have four people standing in front of Yaroslav Halak in a box, not doing coverage, not one-on-one coverage on any of the Lightning. Half of them not even facing the Tampa Bay Lightning. And then you want to wonder why a couple of them were close enough they could have at least moved to act like they were going to help their goaltender, but they didn't, right? Then there's some you can't put on Yarrow. Like there was that weird bounce one yesterday that that just is like one of those freakish like hits the slush pot and whatever. But it's not just Krug and Carlo people. You can hate and be blatant and whatever you want to do. But all I ask is that if tomorrow is going to be the last day that these boys are all going to be together, obviously Tuke's not there, but you know what I mean? At least fucking go down swinging. Don't go down like this. You know what I mean? At least force a game six. No, you know I, what I mean? I totally agree. You might agree. not be able to win. Totally but agree. You are a better team than you've been playing. And Tampa knows you're a better team. And that's why they're capitalizing on you looking like you're not, you know what I mean? So, like, Pasta, I don't know. He must be injured. I don't know what's going on with him. But so maybe he shouldn't be on the, if he can't keep the puck in on the power play, right? And he can't get a good shot off that's going to go in net. Maybe we take Pasta off the first unit power play. I'm just saying. Like, if maybe that helps him heal, you know, whatever. But I do think we can win the series, even if other people don't. And that's going to solely decide on how they play and what Bruce Cassidy does with the lineup. Can you, do you, before we move on to other aspects of what the hell is going on this week, mention about the Vlan, the Dan Vladar makes his NHL debut. Oh, is it, I'm not overly happy about the decision to put him in like that, you know, you, you're obviously not going to get a spark uh, out of making that change. Uh, so I don't get that. That was more or less embarrassing to him um, because of the way that the embarrassing play in, in front of the goaltending and, you know, and Yarrow. It was just, it, it's just so frustrating. You know, and back to back like out. that, throw him in to start. Give him the yes. confidence. Give him the confidence to, like, Hey, Dan, I just want to let you know, we're going to start you. and But say that on Sunday so the kid can get mentally prepared and ready for that. Let you know? Yarrow talk to him. Yarrow's in the hallway trying to talk to this kid. Like, it's all right. But, like, yeah. probably saying to him, this is not your fault and whatever happened. Like, literally, everyone else might have been bashing him on this and that, which I think is insane to bash a kid who literally has not played one minute of And NHL that's the hockey. worst part about it. That was the bashing. In game... 
You three versus Tampa Bay in the second round. Oh yeah, this is his fault. He inherited a shit show. And I know Twitter can be a dumpster fire sometimes, but when you look on there and you see the comments from passionate Bruins fans that I do enjoy, you know, talking to, when you see that, I do, I do scroll. I, I, but I see it, and it's they're already setting this one up for failure, much like they did with Juka. It's so frigging sad that this guy comes into the game to recover from whatever happened with Yarrow, try to create a spark for Cassidy, and then did not do very well because he had no support in front of him. It was an embarrassing thing to do, in my opinion. And I like Dan a lot. I've interviewed him several times, and he's he, he's a very passionate goaltender, and he wants to do the best he can, and that frustrated him because it was just unexpected. And I can get the emotions from a young kid like that, 23 years old, just signed a three-year deal, he is our future, in my opinion. And we should just act like he's going to be a part of this organization instead of already forcing him out of the friggin' bubble. It's like, come on, give the kid a chance. I, the way they treat goaltending around here, just it's just mind-boggling, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I know that, obviously, before the game, the debate was who to start. Yarrow Halak, I think, can win for us. You know what I mean? But I do think, again, much like Dan Vladar probably should have, or Vladesh, sorry, I don't want to offend him if he ever hears. You know what I mean? Just, so I don't care. Yeah, just go whatever's comfortable. Right. So, um, I agree with you. Like, the, Yarrow can win for us. Because we're a good, solid team when we're playing like a team and not like whatever has been happening, especially the last two games. Right? I... Game three, I feel, would have gone that way, whether Dar started or Yara, whatever. But they probably should have, if you... I personally think maybe they should have started Ladar the game before because game three is more pivotal and let Yara be arrested for that game. But either way, one, it is a lot to ask Yaroslav Halak to be in peak form as he did not play any of the round-robin games. You know what I mean? He did not. So... He's tired. He's not conditioned probably the way he, you know, like the game action. I'm not saying it's not on him. He didn't really play in the round robin. Tuca played most of the games until Tuca was gone. Yarrow did not get a lot of warm up, is what I'm saying. He didn't get a lot of real meaningful, like, games. He didn't get a start. He wasn't being, what I'm saying is, what's on him is on him, but there's a lot of other things that are making his job a lot fucking harder to be the goaltender of this team. Because he is the one, the B, not the A. And he's trying to use the best that he can. He hasn't looked the best, neither has the defense. But it would have been much better all around, probably for both goaltenders' psyche, to have started the kid on game three. Gave Yarrow a day or two to kind of like talk him into like, no matter what happens, you know what I mean? Just like, you know, and give him a little bit, let Yarrow rest. And if he had to get pulled, put Yarrow in instead of vice versa, because you created a situation where this 23 year old who's never played a game of hockey is already five goals down. Again, partly the goaltender's fault, partly what's in front of the goaltender's fault. But again, like you said, what spark did you think that was going to create? No one, if they're not, if the, if the urgency of the, what's happening in this game three and de- protecting their starting goaltender isn't happening, why do you think suddenly this team's going to be like, oh, geez, now, you know, Danny's in that. We better get our shit together. They could have actually, before Yarrow ever got pulled, they could have 
shorten that bleeding. But that's the problem. They're not stunting the bleeding when it starts. And yesterday was slow and boring to watch as a hockey game. It was very methodical, which is funny because that's the hockey we grew up with, more methodical so hockey. But it's like we're bleeding to death and Tampa's just circling in the water, smelling the blood, just waiting. Like, cover Victor Hedman, okay? So, all right, Hedman's going to do whatever he wants. You don't waste your energy, but you could cover someone else. Why is there no man-on-man coverage, you know? And you look at this team defensively, one minute, they look awesome. They killed four and a half minutes of that Richie penalty yesterday before they let up a goal, right? Then they can't stop a weak ass. Like, all you had to do was step an inch to the left, and you could have at least deflected it and gave your goalie maybe a little better chance on that. I don't know. Can we talk about the Richie hit, though? Yeah, we're going to talk about that. Yeah, let's talk about it. So, uh, I don't know. Uh, How shall we preface this? First of all, uh, are you mad about the five minutes in the box? (laughs) Um, I am uh, very distraught about the hit in general. Um, Okay, good. So, you go. I didn't want to be the one to say it first. The uh, Totally blindsided. I don't care how many times you look at the video and say it was shoulder to shoulder. Yes, it was shoulder to shoulder, but it was totally blindsided. And so many people that are old school hockey, and I get it. This is the game back then. This is the game that they grew up with, and I and, and, and I did too. But this is a this is the evolution of the game and trying to be safe about playing this game. He was admiring his pass. His outlet pass was totally admired. That's not on him. The safety issue here is how Richie came in on the side that he was not even seen and then threw him in the boards. Now, listen, here we go. Was, uh, I'm sorry, who was the player again? Because I'm so aggravated about this. Gord, Yanni Gord. Yanni Gord, okay. Was it him? I don't know. I think it was. I I, want to say it is. So he takes the hit, thrashes him into the boards. It's kind of, you know, a shaking moment. He goes down. No, that was the other day. So, Yanni does look up, and he looks at the ref, and stayed down until he saw his hand up, and then skated off the ice. We all thought the worst. He, he did get up, and you know, and then came back into the game. So, was it? I mean, listen, the hit was bad. Very, very questionable, yeah. and I'm actually surprised. I'm actually surprised nothing was said from uh, player safety yet. But um, I think I might have got the player confused. Let me just double check about yesterday. So let me, I know. Let me finish. So yeah, go. You keep going. So the hit was bad, but him getting the extra penalty and possibly faking it is also a very valid question. So this hit might have not been so bad that it hurt him. But still, it could have been avoided because it was still blindsided. I don't care how many people come up to me and say that. It's good. It, I'm going to come. I'm, it's blindsided. He was admiring his pass and he didn't see Richie coming. That's still an illegal hit, in my opinion. And uh, was it five? Uh, that's questionable. Um, I agree with you because I. Even if it is shoulder to shoulder, I absolutely believe that was a blindside hit. And I know there were, we weren't the only Bruins fans that also were on Tampa's like that fucked up side because 
Yes, you maybe took too long looking at your pass. That's fine. But that's the whole point. The pass was long gone out of his hands up those boys. And you hit him. And had he been side to side with him, I would be on board for totally clean hit, right? He was behind him when he went shoulder to shoulder. He was absolutely in Yanni Gord's blind spot. And even though Richie probably still would have crushed him, that was a bad hockey decision. And when Tampa's whooping our ass the way they've been the last few days, I don't need bad hockey decisions that may lead to injury. You're going to the box for a long span of time. Like I said, four and a half minutes of that five-minute penalty they killed off. And just, what can you do? That's a long four on five. Against the Tampa Bay Lightning. So this was a response of Richie for the, and I did the air quotes there for the people that aren't watching on YouTube. Um, This was a response for the Coleman hit, who Coleman got thrashed into the boards very similar. Um, So, you know, I can get you trying to stick up for your teammate. But if you're going to do that, make sure you're looking at the player that you're trying to get off his game or rub a little bit for what he did to your teammate. See, let him be a man. Go straight at him. Not from the side. I, I thought that that was very cowardish, in my opinion. Yeah, side back. I, I don't like that. And I, I, I just... And then what happened? It's a selfish, it's a selfish play because he got a five-minute penalty and the, and the Tampa Bay Lightning got a power play goal. You know? It's, it's yeah. just unbelievable how this whole thing went through and it could have been totally avoided. Well, it's not just that, but there's been a few times with him this, you know, like everyone slashes and does things, but like, and I'm all, I get your job is to stand up and like, yeah, like early in the game, people took like, you're going to crush Coleman. Like I get that, but that particular hit, I have an issue with, I don't have an issue with people standing up. I don't have an issue with tough guy plays. I have an issue with you weren't even, even with him. You were coming behind him and there is no way that he would have seen you and be able to, it's not like. It's a little different to me than I know people will say, oh, well, the Charlie McAvoy hit on Jordan Stahl. The difference is, is that Jordan Stahl is playing heads down hockey, which he knows he's not supposed to play. And his body was turned towards McAvoy, even if McAvoy turned his body backwards into him at the last minute. If Jordan Stahl had looked up, he would have at least been able to maybe brace or something. Richie did not give Yanni Gord a situation that he could have recovered. Um, speaking of uh, defending the hit, and again, like you said, and there'll be the bait, whatever. We may be wrong. That's we're like, we don't need hate mail about it. If you disagree and think it was a perfectly good hit, that's fine. You can think that. And there's a lot of people who think that. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. Yeah. I'm not shitting on anybody. Right. But we I just... don't work for player safety or review. Oh, the and by the way, anything. excuse me. I uh, just checked on Twitter just a couple yeah. seconds ago. NHL player safety has not updated anything. The last time they updated was on 820, and that was 10 days ago. So, yeah. Just Um, letting you know. I'd like Uh, to bring up that. It could be noontime when they come out and say something, too. They may or may not, because they probably expect the Bruins to go home. I know most people do, even Bruins fans. (laughs) Jesus. Um, That's the other thing. Don't imply I'm in a bad mood because my team's getting their ass up seven to one. My football team lost four straight Super Bowls almost 30 years ago, and I have to hear that every single year. So I'm a little (laughs) tougher than a Wednesday game going wrong, rubbing me. So, sorry. Uh, Cassidy defends the hit, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, which the uh, fa- which I'm surprised about. Like, even if he was neutral about it, like that's Cassidy was vehemently 
vehemently defending this play, which shocks me from what I know about Bruce Cassidy and how he expects the players. He expects them to be tough, not dirty. You know what I mean? Um, to me, this is a sign of how frustrated this team is just generally, but maybe some of that comes from the director of the general. So I would like to ask you how much of these losses is on coach Cassidy lineup changes, defending that, you know what I mean? Like, can you speak on it? Because I got, you know me, I'll get into it if I want, but uh, so, how about you? Like what I would like to first say the line, talk about the lineup changes. Uh, yeah. The, the, that, that whole thing, when that happened, um, you know, game one, the Bruins went in overtime, which is awesome. Game two comes around and you go to overtime and you lose. Okay. And, and, and so it's like, this is exactly what we thought this series was going to be like. It's going to be back and forth, possibly need more than 60 minutes, um, you know, throughout. So I'm feeling good, you know, as a Bruins fan, I'm feeling good about getting to overtime twice. But Bruce Cassidy seems to think that this is not good and I need to shake things up. And, he, and I, I just think that the response of going to overtime twice... And making these lineup changes, I'm not crapping on Lindholm and I'm, you know, this and that. But what he did, I don't think was positive enough. And I don't think it sent a good message to the to the, the players that were actually in those games, um, in those two overtime games. Like, Corrales injured. I know why he's out. Uh, and right. you need a replacement. I get that. But then the, the other moves and so on, I just didn't uh, quite understand. So... I'm, I'm confused. I'm like you. So like after we lost game two, I wasn't, I mean, again, they mostly looked like they, they, they still looked like themselves. There were time, whatever. But again, Tampa Bay is Tampa Bay. I'm not trying, you know, like we are going to have times where they, you know, but game three started just a, what on the living are you doing? Cause like you said, you don't, I think, and this is just a general comment. You like you underestimate chemistry when you get to this kind of point, especially like a quick flash in the pan, let's get together kind of thing, right? And you've been putting the young kids in, but then now you're not even putting the young kids who have sort of created some chemistry. And I agree with you, you're making unnecessary changes to the lineup. Now, Corrali's out, so okay, Parlin home, you're in. Again, I always forget you're on our team, but when you are on the ice, you are solid. You don't really make things worse. And, you you know, you at least try to help get play going like a fourth liner should be. You know what I mean? But then some of these other, like, like Coleman is in, and I like Coleman. But like yesterday, should Coleman be our driving force on the offense? I don't think he should. And that kid twice walked right in on Vasilevsky trying to set something up or couldn't just get a shot off. So I don't fault him. I'm not mad at him. I like Carson Coleman. Like, you know, but as the coach, why, if you won game one and game two, you went to overtime four three, it was still, again, numbers are evenly matched. Things are good. Why would you? And then game three, do nothing to fix the problem for game four. You put pretty much. So this to me is the psychological aspect of it, right? These players can't get away from the game to like assess and like kind of down. Like, so Tori Krug, it's not probably helping him to see on social media. And I'm not saying he doesn't, you know, whatever, as a player, you get your blame. But like, he's already fucking probably jacked up enough. And this is probably the last run with my guys, right? 
he's away from his wife and his daughter, whatever, you know, they're all stuck together all the time. And I mean, even with your best friends, right? Like by the end of summer, you're like, shit, can school start? I got to get away from these people a little bit and talk to other people, right? It's a crap show. And then they go home and all they go back to the hotel and all they have is cush ball and friggin' looking on social media to see what's going on. And they're Boston Bruins players. They know what's going on. Everybody's getting thrown under the bus, you know, from flat. Obviously, this is all Dan Vladesh's issue. Like, you know what I mean? The guy showed up for 20 minutes of his life, but this is his fault, you know, all that. And this kid's going to hear, he sucks, this and that. Really, you're the same fuckers that in April were like, oh, my God, why hasn't Sweeney signed for whatever this and that? Like, shut up, dude. Like, we are fans, good, bad, or ugly, it is what it is. Yes, we all want them to improve. But what I want to improve is Cassidy's need, and he does it all the time, to for no reason at all make too big of a shakeup when all you needed was a little hip bump. You know, like, I, I don't know why he does that. Can he stop doing that? Also, if you're going to put your goaltender, young goaltender in, do it before your veteran's been so shelled. He needs a little bit of a quiet music and, like, you know, in my, sort of thing. In, I, don't, I don't know. In so, my Cassidy, opinion, mm. in my opinion, Cassidy uh, matches up the physicality uh, totally wrong. And when I, and I'm not saying he does it wrong, and he's way better than this uh, than I would ever be. But when he does it, like when he needs to, okay, we are playing the Tampa Bay Lightning. I need to do something to get more physical, and he brings in Brett uh, Nick Ritchie. When he does stuff like that, even in the past, I'm not talking about these playoffs. Uh, the the results are normally agonizing, uh, and 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 hard to watch. Um, but I'm not saying that if he brought in a young kid like Skudnika, that things would be any better. You know what right. I mean? It's just, it, 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 when he wants to match up phys- physically against another opponent, it's just something that is just, oh, terrible. It's terrible. And we saw it, you know? We see a hit like that, and we see Richie's play. And he does have, he, he has been contributing in the factor and so on, but I just don't think that he's that much of a... Uh, you know, a guy that you're going to go to, to, to actually win a, a game. That's no, it's a team. Effort. I don't think he's enough of a factor. Yeah. It's not enough of a factor at all. I mean, it's been, mm-hmm. it's a team effort. And what we're seeing right now is, is, is something that I don't think that everybody's all on board with, to be honest yeah. with you. It just seems very, uh, disinteresting. Um, and I don't know. It's tough. Well, yeah, well, you can see it, right? So in the Carolina series, you can see, like, after they uh, ra- rallied around Yarrow, again, Carolina's no joke. So, you know, I mean, we got it done a lot quicker than I, you know, probably would have thought we would, but we did. But the team seemed comfortable with who they, like, just as a team, right? They were feeling like themselves a little bit. They had that Bruins pep, you know, they looked like the Bruins. Game one versus Tampa Bay. Seemed comfortable, like themselves, nothing, you know, Game two, they lose in overtime. Nothing I think they should be beating themselves up about. Maybe regroup, you know, let's recess. Like, hey, how about we, I don't know, like I said, put someone Andre Pallad because he seems to be able to put the puck in a lot against this team. So just one person cover him, right? The coverage has been terrible. Oh, my God. What is up with, like, you can't, like, so when we look like the Bruins, even if we're not doing man on man necessarily we're playing our solid lock in move you know what i mean don't ever open up a place and with tampa they're the team they did again our pk has been awesome right 
But like defensively as a team, we suck. Why can we play better defense four on five than we can five on five? It doesn't make sense to me whatsoever. Um, Game three, you shake things up a little, you know, I mean, even on game three, everyone's like, oh, this is a weird lineup. You know what I mean? Like what's going on with this? And like you said, the players don't seem to like or respond to this. And now I I get you're the coach and you're the guy who makes the decision. And like Mark said, you are way more brilliant at this than us. We're just two fans gabbing and knowing what we know. You know what I mean? But it would seem to me, if my team took a seven to one shelling before game four, I would probably talk to, I don't feel like the leaders are leading the way they should, or they maybe they're not being able to lead the way they should. I just, I, I feel this team is the best when Chara is running the show and whoever. So maybe he's not the best defensively, but like Z is all inclusive, but Z is also a giant man. And if he just goes in there and this big Slovakian voice and says, figure it the fuck out. Like, you know, you yeah. have to give you always use figure well, it out. Yeah, exactly. Cause they do. Right. Don't Go let this there. team, don't let this team own that neutral zone. I don't get how players like Palak can go right through them like Swiss cheese and create opportunities for them. And we're just like, oh, it happened. You know, like, ole. It's it's yeah. just, it's so frustrating to see when, ugh, it's just tough. I just God, need I'm the Bruins off. to remember, they're a better team than they've been playing with. They're a better team in, like, again, Tampa knows. You think Tampa's not showing up because they know if the Bruins win game five, they're back in this series. And yeah. Tampa, because of their history and the history between the two clubs, right? We win one, they win one, we win one, we, you know, to like on the march to the Stanley Cup. Yeah. They're probably, but like I said, they're like sharks in the water. But you know what? We could shell them a few rounds the way we did to Carolina in that third period, that game. And if we do that, like, uh, I just don't understand. You cannot give Vasilevsky time to square up every time he's going to. And it's weird to me because that's not our game. We're the best when we're pass, 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 move, pass, shoot, rebound, pass, pass, rebound. We're not. And all Tampa Bay has to do, just like St. Louis did after they scored that goal in game seven, is sit back and let the Bruins be their own worst enemy. And, we can change that. They can change that. We can't do anything but sit back and be like, ah, I do the whole entire game. Sucking down pink, pinks or whatever that we got to do. Uh, but this team can still win. So can all the Bruins fans, regardless of the fact that tomorrow probably may be the last game of the season, possibly, right? That's what an elimination game is. Could possibly be the last time that Tory Krug ever has number 47 on in this organization. Uh, Jake DeBron, any of them for that matter, Matt Grizzlick, whatever. I would like to say Grizz is trying to get something done too. He is. And it's just like, it's funny because as always, we fall back on our third and fourth lines and our second and third pairing defense. And, you know, well, not even the second pair and the second pair is like crap, you know, whatever. But I also don't think it's productive. Like Kasha plays 18 minutes one game and then he's on the ice for nine minutes the next game, that kind of thing. I'm just picking a name because I can't think of someone specifically time-wise. That doesn't help either. I think that doesn't help the confidence level either. So you know what? If the game's going south, just let the game go south. Just let Wagner still have Wagner's minutes and still let, you know what I mean? Because sometimes shortening the bench that way yeah maybe a shift or two but like a whole period if you're struggling that doesn't help either it just wears everybody else out so then when you get the power play patrice bergeron has a little less energy 
and whatever. Also, please take pasta off the power play. He can't get the puck in the net right now. I'm not mad at him. Put someone who might be able to put the puck in and let him rest that chip. You know who's <laughs> you know who's really pulling their weight around black and gold hockey LLC company? That's Thomas Nystrom, our IT guy. And he came out with the sweet summertime goal, black and gold hockey podcast shirts. These are very unique. I want to thank him for this. We had a, um, a nice little sale. A uh, bunch of people bought some stuff and they got mailed out. Mine got here yesterday, so I'm pumped for that. So I wanted to wear it. But I want to give uh, Thomas a shout out for everything that he's done over at the blackandgoldhockey.com website and the podcast. So uh, glad to, certainly glad to have him along. We've also launched a brand new podcast network channel on the website too. So when you go to blackandgoldhockey.com and, uh, and, and click on the B&G podcast network, you'll see uh, several different shows that I've added over the weekend. Um, including uh, Bruins Hockey Talk with Maria from Watertown, uh, Bruins Talk Jacked Up with Jack Gutzel, and uh, we do have the Dump and Change. They came on the, uh, the network, so we're proud to have them there. And uh, yeah, we got several more in the works. Uh, I'm still going to do the Prospect Podcast with Tim Richardson. So, um, and we, another thing that's cool is the great folks at the store next door up in Yarmouth, Nova Scotia. Let's hear from them and their message to create jobs and opportunities for awesome people. We'll be right back. There's a lot of people with disabilities that can't just go and find a job. So we set out to create a business to fill those needs one stick at a time. Our gift shop is a Yarmouth-based manufacturer and retail outlet store. So we make great ideas that any of our employees come up with, and we reuse and recycle as much as possible. Our most popular item is probably our hockey furniture. We take broken hockey sticks and turn them into different products. We go through a lot of hockey sticks. A lot. A whole lot. Considering that it's only been a year and we're shipping internationally, I think that that's been a huge success. Most people's reactions are, wow, you do this here. We don't accept can't here. Everyone here learns in different ways, but we want to give everybody every opportunity to find exactly what works for them. There's nothing better than when a customer buys something and then one of our employees say, I made that. They have meaningful lives and build things they can be proud of and get a paycheck for it. I'm Amy Acker and we change lives one job at a time. Hey Bruins fans, we're back. We just heard a great commercial from the store next door up in Yarmouth, Nova Scotia. Please check them out. Go to the storenextdoor.ca website. They have fantastic uh, furniture and a lot of other things that they make from recycled hockey sticks. So uh, check them out, support them, and um, and buy something. It's really cool stuff. We have some stuff that we bought too. So what we're going to do in our giveaways coming up, by the way. Uh, I do want to mention that. If you do want to be become a uh, Patreon member, please go to patreon.com slash Podcast. donate a dollar per show, and get some of those items from the store next door. Uh, so we bought some of that stuff to give away. But we are back. Let's talk some Bruins. Uh, Heather, where are we going right now? Um, I just want to, everyone, Game 5 is tomorrow, and you probably will be hearing this, so hopefully you listen to us for pregame and uh, you choose to send positive vibes. I'm choosing to send positive vibes, because what else can I do? Just If not, I'll just fester angriness. Uh, 
So game five is tomorrow at 7 p.m. And if there is a hockey god, hopefully game six will play Wednesday the second and game seven uh, on the third. So next Tuesday and I mean Wednesday and Thursday, but that's TBD obviously because who knows if they'll need them. Also, they never schedule that far ahead because they never know what's going to happen in this crazy 2020. They're smart. They're only planning a few days ahead at a time so that they can quickly... Uh, change up that okay so um i just want to ask you do you think we can win game five i i hope so i really hope so that we can try to extend this series And like you said earlier there's a good chance that if they win this game they can get back in this series and 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 tampa bay will take notice of that saying uh here they come you know we poked the bear and and uh buckle down and get ready for this one but Listen, I'm I'm going into it very optimistic, you know. It's 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 what I've seen so far. Um hasn't been pretty, but there are some things that are good. Um it's not all doom and gloom. I know I understand that, but uh it's just this this Tampa Bay team just seems to uh want to be that 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 powerhouse this year and not be a pushover like they were uh last season in the postseason with the uh against the Columbus Blue Jackets. So um, it remains to be seen, you know, what team, what Boston Bruins team wants to show up and which one wants to participate in these, uh, and continue forth, you know, that's about it for me. Yeah, I'm going with, I, we have the perfect capabilities, even though we haven't maybe looked like it so much at times in the last few games, especially game three, let's all just like forget about that. That is a fluke. When do the Bruins ever get dealt their asses like that? They don't. That's the point. And yes, one would have thought game four would have been the wake-up call, but it wasn't. So game five has to be, right? Die or go home, right? Like that's yeah. where, you know that's, what I mean? That's like, exactly the way it trying is. Kind of thing, like do it. Uh, if anything, force yourselves to have one more maybe run at it. And I, I can't think it's because they don't want to, no matter how they feel and no matter how they might be thrown off being in that bubble. I can't believe it's because this team is not a good team. And at the whole of it, they – are at least as good of a team as Tampa Bay is, no matter what all the pundits say. Uh, and I think if we win game five, we can win this series. It's going, if we win game five, it's going seven. So it's going five or seven games. So sorry, anybody who predicted six, you're probably wrong. No, I'm just kidding. That just trying to be hopeful about it. Okay. So you had mentioned about Joe Haggerty had tweeted about like the team structure going forward type thing or something. I admittedly um, I have, and read so many things because, you know, everyone's always writing great articles or stunning tweet things or whatever. So I don't specifically remember it, but you wanted to bring it up. So I'm going to let you uh, take that uh, lead whenever well, you're ready. I, I took a screenshot of what Joe said, and, and, and it really hit home for me, and I wanted to mention it. Um, but he says, uh, at Hacks with Hags on Twitter, uh, the unfortunate truth for Bruins fans is this. If the Bruins can't beat the Lightning when they are without Stamkos and McDonough, they are a long, long way from winning a Stanley Cup. Now, that that is not only relevant for this year, but it also um, goes into future uh, chances in the postseasons uh, to, to get a Stanley Cup. Um, I don't know what's going on with the core where uh, there's a lot of these um, players that are leaders, we've seen them lead and go. It's just I don't know what's going on. It's not there. 
Um, so moving forward, I think there's going to be a need for change. Um, and I'm not saying drastic, but there's got to be something done to get this back together. Uh, we, you know, you want to get the wound as soon as possible when it's open and gashed. Um, let's not sit on this. Um, Don Sweeney's got to do his due diligence. He, he needs to be that, that GM that goes out and gets aggressive. It might be a very, very short off season this year. Um, and I get that, but if you want to get back in competitive, you've got to start making changes. Uh, whether it be, if you can buy people out, you do it and you create roster spots that are going to be available for people to uh, compete, whether they're young or veterans. I don't care. You just got to do what needs to be done to get back on board with some of the core that you currently have, i.e. Bergeron, Marchand, and, uh, you know, uh, so it's just something's got to be done now. I, I if they, if they go in rolling with this almost same lineup next season, and I know the cap's flat, I know it's going to suck for the, at least two two or three seasons with that stupid cap, but he's got to do something. He's got to address this uh, in in ways that are going to be able to manipulate that cap. You know, so um, yeah, I just I. I, I I want to see these guys win again as a, as a core, but I just don't see it happening uh, completely. I really don't. It's just things need to be changed. And if it comes down to, you know, do we have to be that type of um, uh, of, of Bruins nation to, to consider how much Don Sweeney is to blame for a lot of this stuff? You know, I mean, it's a valid question. I mean, his job's got to be serious. He looked at. If uh, they get an early exit, just my opinion. This is a weird year to judge, I think, overall, just because obviously the whole entire world has been a crap show since actually pretty much like at least in this country since January, there's been some kind of going on on all levels and usually multiple things like now. Like, uh, again, thinking of the people in uh, the Gulf right now, because the last thing they needed in life was a hurricane, you know, kind of thing. Uh, it's been a crazy year. So this year is kind of like, I, I do think it's a valid question to ask what Dawn's doing. You know what I mean? Sometimes and to question things. Um, I think some of it, though, too, is like, you know, when everyone always wants to just bring up the 2015 draft. Well, it. it I'm sorry, but those kids are now like 22, 23. I think it's still a little too early to totally judge those players because what we've seen from those players are good things. Like, you know what I mean? Like, DeBrusque, sorry, he might not be consistent yet, you know, whatever, but he shows good things. Like, he was a good pick, you know? Um, who, else, who else was it? Jacob Zborl, who I know you're high on, right? And uh, I haven't got to see him as much, but... <clears throat> He seems to be, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, is he what you, he's not Charlie McAvoy, but Charlie McAvoy also is a freak that usually most people aren't a Charlie McAvoy that's so young and ready and mostly, you know, to be at the level. Uh, and um, I'm sorry, what's your boy? Oh, Zach Senation, right? He was the other one, Senation. Yeah. Um, I forgot for a second, but you know, so things like that. But you certainly can say, I won't blame him for the Nash trade because that 
just have injuries, you know what I mean? Whatever. Injuries happen, but yeah. I can blame him for getting rid of Danton Heinen. I'll say it. I can blame him for sending Danton Heinen to the Ducks oh. while replacing him with Nick Ritchie, who, yes, is a bigger body, but I don't think has exactly helped because, again, at least, like, Danton was a part of the team and, like, every, the, you know what I mean? Like The Twitter so, the Twitter like, uh, mentions of the Danton Heinen thing, like, like uh, when Nick Ritchie had a chance to bury an empty net goal, a practically empty net goal, uh, shortly after, it's the memes come out of Danton Heinen when it buried that. Um, oh, I, I, I love Danton Heinen, but I understood something was going to happen at the trade deadline. But I really, honestly, did not think that this team was going to walk away from Tory Crew. Like I thought, and I'm not saying they won't. There is still plenty, you know what I mean, or whatever. But uh, also, can everyone stop saying trade Tory Crew? You can't trade him. He's been paid. He's done. Like the minute free agent, you know, UFA, he's yeah. a UFA. After the minute he walks off this ice, technically, because yeah. isn't that like once you leave the bubble, the free agency kind of market hit and trading is up open to you, which I think is kind of effed up because, you know what I mean? Like, but whatever, whole especially flat cap, everyone's trying to get good players. But um, that I think I can't, they're going to lose them both in one year like that. All the people I've defended all these times. No, but I just, I do, I do agree that things have to, obviously people are aging out. Like I love Chara, but let's be honest, Chara may or may not be this back This has next got season. to be his and last he's year. The type of, and he's the type of player too that maybe it's a little circumstantial because of COVID, but he's the type of player that's not going to make a big deal about leaving either. Do you know what I mean? No, he's but it would be gonna... so brilliant to re-sign him for one more year. Let's go for it one more time. Okay, can we be honest? If I can get rid of Nick Ritchie and dump his salary, I'll keep Trevor for another year at one. I'm just Wait, saying. You've got <laughs> just, a lot to do. I mean, that, like, get rid of Ritchie and get rid of Moore. Yeah, um, I like John Moore. But also, though, can I say the other day, though, when the shit was a shit show, excuse my language, I'm trying not to swear as much, but considering how angry I am at this hockey team this week, I think I've done a good job, especially with that for us. And, but John Moore, yes, does not help the situation, right? But game three, everyone mostly is to blame, okay? It's not Yarrow. It's not Tori and Brandon. It's not John Moore. I'm not saying that helped the situation. It's everybody. Everybody. What I'm saying is it's easy to blame Dan Vlada and get all over him, right? Because you don't want to say, what the pasta, bury the puck, right? You don't want to say that to him or whatever. Uh, everyone, it's easier to blame Kasha, who is not doing anything else the top six aren't doing, not getting the puck in the net necessarily, or not looking at you, Brad Marchand, doing your job. Um, you know, but if you look at it, actually that kid has been helping generate a lot. You know, at least, like again, some of those players look like they have no pulse on the ice. And the other ones who do have a pulse are so frustrated, they can't be effective. You know what I mean? Kind of thing, or whatever. And as a team. So, um, but you're right. The core is like, we're not going to have, can't believe I have to say this out loud, like Patrice Bergeron, he's not going to be a Bruin forever. And that's a reality. And that dude has played a hard 15 years of hockey. Like he's not a soft, he, even when he was a kid, that's why like the minute we had him, I was like, oh yeah, this is going to be good. And it's been a pleasure watching his career, but Marshawn, all of them, they're aging out. So we really do have to take a hard look of what we can do with the core we have, which probably is not this year. I think I'm not saying we would have won the cup, but we were on pace that we were going to be and deservedly the cup winners, right? In regular year, we were yeah. occasionally the best 
team wins, that's not an excuse. If we lose, we lose because we didn't show up. You know what I mean? I'm not using that as an excuse, but it threw a wrench into this core and it did kind of burn notice one year of our playoffs in some way, you know, again, not an excuse. They can show up tomorrow and get back in the game. You know what I mean? So I'm not saying, Oh, that didn't happen. Um, but we also need to, and this is something, maybe something for you and Tim to think about just to mull around though, is we also have to do a deep dive of exactly what we want happening in our farm. No, I don't want to say farms. I know that's the baseball term, but you know, like in our affiliates and, uh, the players we have signed around, who are we seriously trying to make the next core of this team? We know Charlie McAvoy. We think Brandon Carlo. So, you know, he's had a rough about the last few weeks, but again, until two weeks ago, Brandon Carlo, you know, for a defense, like if we're moving on, is Matt Grizzly going to, no, he's going to be Tory crew, but they are, you know, they are pretty, they're similar in play also as much as they are different. Is can he fill in the gap help there? Is there anyone down that can come up to help fill in the rest of any gaps if you lose Chara in whatever, you know what I mean? Um, off of just the structure that is now. You have to have a real conversation though. How many of these prospects are you really truly do like how long? I mean, I know I'm not a Trent Frederick person, but if you truly think that Trent Frederick can come up here and be a hard line player on this team. I'm not against him coming up too. I haven't seen it, but if that's the case, how long do you hold on to players before you say, Hey, like we used to joke, how many centers does one team need? You know, whatever. Uh, like we need to look at that too. It's not just about salary cap and you need to make those decisions while you have a lot of these young people under their entry level deals and stuff like that before you have to start asking how much you're going to pay them, you know? So we do need to look, but we also right now need to look and see what the hell we can do right now to continue in this round, you know? Yep. I don't know. What do you think? What do you think is the most that when we transition, because we're in an era of transition, right? We're kind of at the end of this 2011 cup winning era, all right? Even though it's not the same team again, there is a, a chunk of the same players that were affiliated with this team. What do you think we're going to have to? I, I think you're pretty confident with what our goaltending looks like in the future, right? Yeah. As hot I, as it will be, I, I say bye to. I do. I do, uh, at least for one year. I believe that Tugaras is going to come back and, and contractually obligate his last season. And um, mm-hmm. I think we obviously know that uh, Yarrow is signed for one more year. So that that creates a, a really nice um, air, uh, space for... Bladar and uh, Swayman, Jeremy Swayman, to uh, get his first AHL action, I believe, and uh, and develop properly, and and you know we'll see what happens. If they play very good down there, you could see I I could actually see um, a Swayman Vladar NHL tandem as soon as next after next season. You know, uh, if if they want to go. And it's, my thought is driven by the cap. If you want to insert two goaltenders and, and, and roll the dice, you're going to save a ton of money because they're all, the, both, both of them are going to be under a million dollars under their uh, current deals. Uh, Vladar is not an ELC. Swayman would be. So, but still, both of them are going to be under a million uh, a piece. So... And you can save, uh, you can get as much money as you want out of that to put it towards other players, like a right wing on the second line 
or wherever you need uh, spaces to fill. So, but is it is that smart idea? Not really, not really at all. And I've heard so many ideas right now that people was frustrated with Tuka because what he did, he bailed on his team or whatever. You know, people just don't have the rights anymore as a human to do what's right for family and so on. So stick it. But, um, you know, it's, I believe that they could do good, but it's, it's not an ideal situation. And there's a lot of ideas out floating around that they, they should trade Tuka. Um, or if he doesn't, if he doesn't, um, if he doesn't come back and he retires to go get Mark Andre Fleury. I just think that you're, you're, nah, I'm, I like, okay. I like, I like MAF and everything, but man, it's just, you don't want a goaltender like that. He carries a pretty significant uh, amount of cap space, so that really doesn't do anything when it concerns that. So, I mean, it remains um, to be seen. With Tuca, I agree with you. I think he's coming back to play his last year. Yeah, and then that would be. If not, it. he's retiring. I you, don't think he wants that. You know, you don't leave money on the table like that. You just don't and walk I away. Think that he'll finish his last year. Now, I'm not saying he won't retire, and not. You know what I mean? Like he might be done after next year. That being said, if he does choose to retire and that's between him and the team and that's a huge buyout, you know what I mean? No, it's not a buyout. He's 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 walking away. Oh, he already got it. He's walking oh, away. He oh, good. If he that's retires, no money is owed to him. Oh, yeah. Okay, so I'm confused. It's Sunday morning. Jeez, man. What I was going to say is that I'm perfectly comfortable if because we're going to struggle either way as some of these people aren't members of this even Zidane Chara, who's you know who actually is looking better now that he's getting his legs under a little bit you know what I mean like he's still functioning a little bit you know but again it's hard to put him under the microscope when everyone has you know but, but as players leave right like whether you love Zidane Chara, hate him whatever he is someone who either way you can't not respect him and you cannot not respect the fact he's been one of the longest serving captains and has always done his best to make this team the best they can be. Right. So, um, players like that, you know, whatever, if Tori's not there or whatever, but we are, like you said, is sometime Tuka is not going to be the goaltender and, uh, Patrice Bergeron isn't going to be our top line center. And even David Krejci might not be our second line center, you know, or our top two centers. I'll just say, cause as we said, they're interchangeable in our hearts and in our lineup as necessary. Um, I am comfortable with Yaroslav Halak and I guess you would say Vladar, right? Because, I mean, Swayman, he's got to still dip his toes. He can't be, you know, and we yep. that's how you don't develop someone with confidences by doing that. Uh, I'm comfortable with that for this next year because I know Yaro's showing up next year. You know what I mean? Well, I and hope maybe so. this playoff wouldn't be, you know, it's not the ball. way we envisioned it, right? With him and Tuka playing off of each other as necessary to get this team through. But I am comfortable if for a transition year, we need to next year ride out into the sunset with Halak playing out his last year and whatever. Um, also, I think that might be Halak's last year because he's 35. Yeah. It's probably his last year. I wouldn't sign him long term. Well, I, I just mean him generally as a player. He's had his career. He's been a star. Yeah. He's been a backup. That's he's why I wouldn't sign him long term. Yeah. Um, but... I agree with you. I think Tuca will be back. I think the minute Tuca's back, everyone will be Tuca. Every, like, because everyone loves Tuca if Tuca's playing, you know, but... Actually, speaking of Tuca, I do want to touch on something else. The, All right, go ahead. The Boston um, the Boston Police Patrolman Association yeah. um, tweeted out 14 hours ago. This is probably now 16 hours ago. 
Uh, say what you want about Tuka Rask, but few pro athletes have done more behind the scenes charity work. He's been working with the uh, uh, Boston Police Department hockey team for years in a program, Blue Line Pals, created to give inner city kids uh, a chance to meet and see the um, NHL Bruins for free. And that's a hashtag Tuka. So, uh, date going back uh, to the Zoom video that was captured with him uh, having the hat on and so on. Uh, it wasn't out of, um, you know, uh, to make a point. It's because he's been so close with this team. And he actually had a hat on hand that happened to be a BPD hat. So um, stick it again to all the haters out there that think that he was making some kind of political statement. So I hate that shit. I've, oh, God. But and anyway. To get to like, it's not politics, but, like, it is possible that, you know, not all sides of whoever or whatever. I don't, you know, specific things. It's like everything doesn't have to be political and you can actually support many different community organizations that perhaps all work towards the same goals. Yes. Right. Exactly. Again, we envision a society exactly. that we want. Right. And uh, I, I not judging either way. I do think it's stupid. Like I do think sometimes a hat's just a hat and a blue line is just a blue line and uh, whatever. Yeah. Um, not but in today's I, society. Very, very sensitive. I was going to say that's part of, though, like, you know, sometimes we're, we get so – messages get lost, like, you know, and because we're always yelling. But, like, there, it is possible, actually, that there are communities. And this is just an observation as a kid that grew up in Metro Boston. The Boston Police Department, when it comes to, although not perfect, race relations generally are – so much better now than they were when I was a kid. Absolutely. I can remember, like, after Charles Stewart, like, literally them just going into Mattapan and unceremoniously making every black man in Mattapan, which, if you've never been to Mattapan, is a lot of black men, suspects in a murder that none of them committed because right. a rich white kid. Now, that's white privilege, asshole, racist, you know what I mean? So I just mean, like, there are communities that, different groups that right now because we always see our how we're dividing up in this and that you know that actually are doing what i said earlier like we envision the society we want and we're all working to go hopefully all good goals that we're raising good citizens who are responsible kind and loving that also give back to their communities and that's you know so it just seems Sometimes a hat's a hat, so you brought it up, guys. Yeah, I know. I'm let's dial to it back to some Bruins talk. Hole, but you did bring it up. No, Everything I know, I know, but let's dial it back to some Bruins talk. We got uh, oh, a few yeah. more topics. Well, actually, the next it? thing I was gonna say, the next thing, well, that was our last specific Bruins thing. We only have a couple other. Just, I would like to say. As much as Mike Milbury is an old grumpy hockey guy who may or may not be a misogynist or an imagined misogynist or whatever, and Jeremy Romanek is definitely, like, a crazy guy. He always has, even when he was a young player, right? Like, he has not done anything to help himself get in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Let's just say that, okay? Uh, the NBC announcers are boring. <laughs> I love and respect them. But you know what Mike Milbury and Jeremy... That not all of you, I'm not calling out anyone specifically. I would like to say I love and respect all of the people who work hard at NBC 
but this is not going to grow young fans to want to tune in to hear some of these talk people are talking. They have less pulse than half the Bruins team yesterday and on, you know, whatever game three. I can't. If you want to grow the sport, if you don't, first of all, if you're not going to let us always have access to the games and you're going to black out things and this and that, and that's how your stupid contracts are right now with the TV, that's fine. But could you at least entertain us a little bit? I'm just saying, like, I think, and I, again, I love and respect all the NBC stuff. I know it's not just me because I saw other fans like, but I never again want to hear that Mike Milbury is a homer when Eddie Olchek, who I love, I respect more than anything is also a giant homer and no one says anything about that. Like, you know, I'm just, I, I, I like Mike Emmerich and everything, but I just don't, I'm just done. I'm done with Mike. You know, we got to move on, uh, get some youthful people in the, uh, in the, in the booth. You You know, there's only, there's only so many times you can actually hear David Krejci, uh, a, mem- uh, 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 a native of Czech Republic and, and uh, is a potato farmer and, and brews his own vodka. You know, it's like, come on. I'm so sick of hearing stuff like that. I get the feeling that the NHL really wants the Bruins to not succeed. No, of course Even not. when they are succeeding. Whenever you listen to it. And I, and I think I've made it clear how I feel about our home broadcast. So it's not a, like, if Jack was doing it, No. It's not even that. It's just there's got to be young broadcasters or former players or someone who can help spice up these broadcasts a little. Because hockey, as fast and exciting as it is, is still encapsulated in an old, crusty, dusty kind of like, <laughs> back in my day. Oh, my God, it's terrible. Back in my day, Wayne Gretzky. Just kidding. I'm only kidding. We're old enough to have Wayne Gretzky in our lives, too. <laughs> right. You know, I just... Um, yeah, I need them to stop, and I, I need, we, we, sadly, we do need the Mike Milberries and the Ronix and the Sturras of the world to help keep the debate and the interest going. Agreed. Let Catherine Tappen give it a try. I want to see what that yeah, girl can do I'm on a mic. Totally She's for a, I'm totally for a Catherine Tappen lead, and that's just yeah. Do, I'm that's not a, being facetious either. I think she's had enough experience. She could sure. be a color. Sure, she's an old. She's been lady. there. She's been. She's grown with the sport or whatever thing. I don't know. Anyways, that's my uh, NBC announcer rant. You had also brought up about this crazy uh, NHL. Oh yes, yes. Uh, I did want to. Yeah. Th- this is uh, an idea that the NHL and the NHLPA are discussing uh, moving forward into next season. Um, it's it's really going to be interesting how this all pans out. Because of the um, asses and seats factor and uh, ownerships, uh, each individual NHL ownership making money. But there's uh, there's been talks. They have sat down and talked about uh, a bubble situation for the regular season next year. Um, it looks to me, and from some, several sources that I've spoken to, is that they want to move forward with this for at least a year. So there's an idea of this of four bubbles across uh, either two in Canada or two in the United States or all four in the United States, uh, but four separate sections to hold um, several teams, um, more than several teams, but um, and do like an eight game a day schedule. Um, I don't know how it's going to work, but 
I, I kind of think that they have to have this in place, much like they had the 2020 playoffs and the return to play in place back in March. You have to have an idea moving forward uh, in case it doesn't work. You, can, you have a fallback plan. I believe that these talks have to happen because the fact is that there isn't a vaccine yet. So moving forward, they might consider the bubble four separate bubbles as, as a way of getting an, uh, a regular season done. Uh, which is not it's not ideal in my opinion because the way the Boston Bruins are playing in the bubble right now has been less than uh, an attractive thing to watch. And that's just me. I'm a passionate guy. But um, it's, it's certainly going to be tough. So uh, it's going to be so important to get a vaccine done, whether you get it done um, halfway through the season next year or at the beginning, who knows. But we'll see what happens. But that is the general idea moving forward. Um, I don't know how the AHL and lower minor leagues are going to operate with this uh, mentality too, because they're also uh, set to begin their seasons in uh, early December. So it's going to be interesting how we're going to move forward with all of this. But um, it is important that they do have something to talk about moving moving forward. And just to be clear, we're not saying that no one's voted on it. It's not what's happening. No, it's, it's just what's this what, is something. It's what's been talked talk. about. It actually sounds kind of the way that they, um, well, I mean, obviously it's not like details, but like, like what leaked out because I, I know when the first kind of tweets came out about them considering this, uh, the players associate, and they were all kind of members quick to be like, well, you know, it's not like we've actually just talked about it. It's not like, you know what I mean? Before it gets out there, like, Oh, we're going to have bubbles. Uh, it actually seems like kind of interesting, though, to think about, especially if they could alleviate some of the stress of what's going on. Uh, like maybe now that they've learned what to do, if things are a little better come December when we're starting, if you have the bubbles, maybe there's a little more opportunity for the families to join them. If you're going to do regional bubbles, things like that. I think that's interesting for them to talk about these kind of situations, too, because they're going to learn from this bubble and Oh, so I believe I that think. I believe that's a, a big thing what they're going to do because they have the time um, in the off season. So the way uh, actually my wife Courtney, we were talking about this uh, yesterday as we were watching the game. Um, the you need to have fifty four days off mandatory. That is a union rule. It's much like uh, the common workers' weekends. You know we have we have to have time off to. You know, decompress and blah blah blah, and then start another work week. So much like that, you have to have fifty-four days. So I did a count, and as of October sixth, when the NHL is technically supposed to be done with their uh, uh, the playoffs, fifty-four days from that is technically that you have one day free before you're technically supposed to start the uh, twenty twenty-one season. So it is it is extremely tight. But here's the thing, though, is during that 54 days off, I believe it's going to be mandatory that you figure out who you're going to bring into the four bubbles. You know, well, well it depends on where the bubbles are strategically and geographically and so on. Um, and then you're going to have to quarantine altogether. If you're moving forward with this group of people, you need to, like, all do the same thing. And then when you get into the bubble, we're all safe and this and that.
but you'll be together, you'll be with family, and you'll be able to do some of these recreational things that, like Toronto, what they're doing is remarkable. The, the workout facilities that they have, ping pong tables, smash ball, the soccer field right next door, it's, it's pretty cool. But the element of having your family there is also important too. So I think that that's a big thing moving forward between these two sides when it comes to just discussing. I think that if that's the route that they go, and again, there's no, you know, that's going to be a very hard ask, though, not just on the players, but to get places to agree um, to do what Toronto, like, is the city of Toronto going to be willing to continue to keep their bubble? You know what I mean? Things like that. Like, um if you're looking for two other, you're going to have to find two other cities, whether they be in Canada or in the United States. Um, we've talked about this due to the fact that most of the teams are in the United States, if it's possible to find a place to quarantine. But again, you can't like just stick them in the middle of nowhere, Wisconsin, which I'm sure has plenty of lovely hockey facilities, but not going to help with the um, keeping normal life. You feel like when you're working for an NHL city, you know, right. um, that's why they have the off season so they can go except for, you know, obviously some of them like Brett Burns is cooking up some burgers on his ranch. He does that his off time, but uh, that's going to be a big ask for governments and cities, especially because uh, we don't know what's going on health wise or whatever. Uh, we don't really know. I keep even just hearing about like this virus. It's like we are in the third wave. No, it's like, but some people say we're in the third wave of the first wave or the second wave, whatever. All I know is I'm a New Englander and that means flu season's going to start in two months. So yeah. the more we, you know, so just, I mean, there's a lot to consider. Um, and it's not a lot of time to get it done. So I don't know if they do go forward with that plan, if that doesn't throw off the December 4th year round your birthday timeline for the hockey leagues in North America to really get going like the major ones yeah. uh, and the major minor ones. You know what I mean? Yep. Because <laughs> uh, they all seem to be starting around that time, right? Yeah. Cute, yeah. Uh, the first too, and like the, the fourth. Leagues yeah. And stuff like that. So. Well, the junior leagues know. up in Canada, they're, they're, they're looking at, uh, late October. Yeah. So like they, they exactly normally, women. they normally start late September. Yeah. The Quebec major junior hockey league, the Ontario hockey league and the WHL, uh, normally just September, late September starts, but they're going to bump it up a month. Um, so that's good. I mean, there's, there's no Bruins prospects up there, so I'm not really overly like right. thrilled about that, but we'll see because the draft is going to happen. But, it's kind of sucky this whole freaking thing because the draft's going to happen but then these players are going to be playing you know it's it's kind of yeah. weird so anyway let's end that there right yeah that's all we have besides all right. saying unless you do have anything else that's all i have I don't. We did not have any ask BNGs today kind of a well, we, we we it was a brain fart on that one i just been so busy <laughs> Um, yeah. On everything else, but. So follow Mark. Black and Gold Pod is the podcast one at Black and Gold 277, Uh Go read all the great writers. Follow all the awesome writers on Twitter, whatever else they may use, Instagram. I don't know. You know, everyone has their thing. Uh, check out uh, the new shows. Mark's starting to 
go and check out the new podcast network. I'm sorry, my, my brain like went low, whatever. Um, follow me or don't follow me, like me, don't like me, I don't care. Uh, but definitely go rate and review the uh, podcast on whatever platform that you are using. I mostly check in with Apple because that's what I use because I'm old and I don't like changing unless I have to. Um, and be good humans and Patreon subscribers shout out. And I guess that's all I got. And go Bruins. Jesus. Hopefully next week we're talking about going to the third round. Here's yeah, let's hope so. Playing. But we do want to say thank you to our, our financial supporters. Whether you use the website, blackandgoldhockey.com, the Fanatics banner to shop anything sports related. It's not just hockey, folks. You go on that banner Click on it. You're going to come up to Bruins, but if you use the Fanatic search bar and you put in NFL or a specific team name, it's still connected to us. So please do all your shopping there. We would certainly appreciate it. We get the commission on that. But also, if you want to help out, we can you can donate a dollar per episode to maximum probably of $8 per month. We're probably going to do something like that. Um, so we would certainly appreciate that to help cut our um, out-of-pocket cost to run this program uh on weekly and everything else that we're doing uh yes the podcast network is coming up we're going to do some more advertising on that so that's another way of of earning but we're going to add 10 shows my two shows heather's got something in the works that's going to be tbd uh, maria from watertown jack Cudsell, uh northern lights they're they're with us so uh we got a lot of things going on so uh, with that being said, if you want to get involved, please go to patreon.com slash black and gold hockey podcast and donate a dollar. We have t-shirts. We have signed pucks. We're going to get signed pictures. We have this new merch. This is going to be involved in the giveaways too. So like I said, $1, that's it to be eligible for our drawing, which is probably going to start uh, when the NHL starts back up or maybe a little further that into the off season to get everybody pumped up for the 2021 campaign so with that being said i bid you all adieu and uh adieu and uh please yes as heather said just be kind to one each other one another and just do what's right you know what i mean we we we're we're here for a purpose and we're here to live and try to be uh you know as coherent as possible so and i totally hacked that but whatever i'm tired need some food so thank you very much peace love and happiness Go Bruins. I really want to come back positive next week and talk about this team possibly moving forward into the third round. But we will see exactly what happens. It all remains to be seen. So take care, and everybody. even if we don't, positivity. Yes, people. exactly. Positivity. Please be positive. All right. Anyway, and we weren't, we weren't very positive in this show, but whatever. <laughs> we tried. But anyway. It wasn't the worst. But anyway, we will talk to you next week. Take care. Bye. Thanks again for listening to and supporting the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please share the show with your friends and family, and don't forget to subscribe to and leave a five-star rating for the show on your favorite podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Between shows, help us keep the Bruins talk going by visiting our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, by sending an email to blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com, and by following the show on Twitter at blackandgoldpod. Peace out.